Hey y'all, welcome back to Fried Crime and Biscuits. My name is Mara. And I'm Kate. And it's been a hot minute and a half. Mm. It's been almost exactly a year <laughs> since the last time that we got together to record. Um, we've had a lot of stuff happen in the past year. Kate, would you like to elaborate? Um, uh, yeah, I had a baby. <laughs> and that's been a lot. Yeah. You're, you're full-time mom in now, yeah. and she's absolutely killing it. Kate is a great mom, you guys. I wish everybody could see her with the baby. Thank you. <laughs> Sadly. He looks just like his dad, though. <laughs> he does. It's he looks awful. so much like his dad. Bless her heart. She carried that child for nine months and labored for hours and hours. And he for looks, what? He looks just like his daddy. <laughs> but um, we had a lot of stuff go on last year, you know, in the, in the past year since... You know, Kate got pregnant and had the baby, and we've had deaths in the family. My grandmother passed away, and um, that was in September. And then in December, my brother's childhood best friend, you know, he died in a car accident. And so it's just been a lot. You know, that, that boy was like a brother to me, and my, my grandmother and I were very close. Kate and I are birthday twins, but Nana was my OG birthday twin. I was <laughs> born on her 59th birthday, so she and I have always been very close. But, you know, Kate... Kate makes sure that for my birthday that, you know, we're going to have a, a good time together and it mm -hmm. won't be, won't be that, you know, I'll still be sad, but it won't be as sad. It won't be as sad. Also in, Oct yeah, October 25th, Jesse and I got married. Yes. <laughs> so I got married in the past year too. Shocked us all. Yeah. Well, I was shocked too. I didn't <laughs> even know about it until that day. <laughs> He, 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 I don't know how he planned it, but he, he did, and he talked me into it, but, yeah. So we I can got remember my mom. She was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even, that's when everybody's like, you didn't tell me, and I'm like, I didn't know about it either. I'm like, I literally called my mom five minutes after I found out. <laughs> oh, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to try now to start, I'm not going to say that we're going to be consistent because we know that we're not going to be super duper consistent, but we're going to try to at least record more than <laughs> once a year. <laughs> that Taurus energy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So today we are going to be doing a very, very rough case. And I know you guys are already going to be mad at me because it's going to have to be two parts. And I'm kind of sorry about it, but not really. Because <laughs> you're like, I know you've had to wait a year already, but you can wait a week for another episode to come out. I promise. Um, but we're going to be doing the case of Adrian Reynolds. I know Kate knows some about it, but she hasn't read anything about it in a long time. Um... It's a very brutal case, and it's one that's very near and dear to my heart because I just, I feel like if I would have been Adrian's age when this happened, I mean, she, I was rel relatively young whenever this did happen, so I don't remember it being on the news or anything, and I don't think Kate does either. Um, but it, I feel like if I would have been about her age, it would have really affected me because, you know, I just, I feel like she and I would have been friends kind of thing. Like if right. I would have known her, I would have liked her a lot. So I want to give a quick shout out to the main source that I got a lot of my details from on this one. It's a book called Too Young to Kill, and it's by M. William Phelps. It was written in 2011. It is such a good book. I need to let you read it after you we really after do. we do the do the the case today. After I'm shocked by the details, I forgot. Yeah, exactly. But it is it is so in depth, and I mean, it's got stuff from her parents. It's got stuff from all kinds of people in the community. There were so many types of people involved. 
and he just did a really, really, really good job writing this book. At least I think the author is a he. I'm hoping so, but I don't know exactly. Um, so we're going to jump right in. Kate, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. All right. Okay. So we're going to start with main person in this case, which is Adrienne Reynolds. Adrienne Lee Reynolds is her middle name. She was born September 12th, 1988. She was originally from Kilgore, Texas, and she moved to East Moline, Illinois when she was 16 years old, and she was going to move in with her adoptive father and stepmother. Their names were Tony and Joanne Reynolds. And um, so Adrian's mom had had her when she was only 16 years old, and Adrian and her stepdad did not see eye to eye on things. And they, they argued a lot. She acted out a lot. She actually had three assault charges and ended up having to do a stint in rehab before her 12th birthday. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she she kind of had it rough. And see, um, Tony wasn't actually biologically related to her. He was like her grandmother's ex-husband at one point. Okay. From my understanding. Um so he raised her basically right with, like and had adopted her but wasn't actually biologically related right. to her because her her biological grandmother and him adopted her when she was a child but then she spent time with her biological mother and stepdad okay until and so now we're that's when we're moving back in with her adoptive father who's actually her step ex-step grandfather basically that's not complicated yeah exactly <laughs> So, Adrian, uh, when she moved to East Moline, she started attending this uh, school called the Black Hawk College Outreach Center, which is basically like an alternative high school. Um, a lot of the students there were like troubled youths trying to get their GED, basically. Okay. So, Adrian started in November of 2004 to earn her GED. She didn't have hardly any credits because she had missed so much high school that she didn't have anywhere near enough credits to graduate. Did you say how old she was at this point? She was 16, 16 whenever she okay. moved here. Um, so, you know, she would have been like almost a, like a sophomore, almost a junior in high school. And so she didn't have anywhere near the amount of credits that she needed uh, to be able to get her high school diploma. And so Black Hawk was the best option for her right. to be able to continue her education. She actually had future dreams of either joining the Marine Corps or she wanted to become a singer. She was a very good singer. She kind of wanted to be like on American Idol, different things like that. She was a beautiful singer. Her parents talk about it all throughout the book. Um, she and um, her mom, her stepmom, said that she would sing all the time and that you could hear it all throughout the house. And she said that it, it half the time you couldn't tell if she was listening to the radio or if it was just Adrian singing. That's how good she was that it was like just, you know, ringing through the house right. like a radio playing out loud. That's so cool. Yeah. And so one year they got her a uh, guitar for Christmas. It was the year that she moved in and it was a black electric guitar with flames on it. And it is so cool. There's a picture of it that's in that book that I talked about. Um, it's a, you know, and that was her, the last Christmas gift kind right. of thing that she got before any of this happens, the bad stuff that happens in this case. So the next person that we're going to be talking about is the, uh, the very much the antagonist in this story. Her name is Sarah Kolb. I wish you guys could see Kate's face right now because she Ugh. is quite <laughs> disgusted. So she was kind of a popular girl at the outreach center, which, you know, isn't really that much of a... <laughs> it's not saying It's much. an alternative school, and she's the popular girl at a school full of misfits, basically. 
Um, but she was a self-proclaimed juggalo slash juggalette. Do you know what that is? I think. Okay. Explain it, though. Okay. <laughs> so a juggalo is a fan of the group The Insane Clown Posse, which okay. is like a band. That is not what I thought that meant. So, never so mind. insane clown posse is like murdercore okay. rock, from my understanding. I don't know. It is not the type of music that I like to listen to. All right. But apparently, the people that are fans of it are very much involved. So I'm like, okay, you do whatever makes you right. happy. Good but, for you. Yeah. So Sarah was very much a person that you're not supposed to mess with. You know, like it was just well known. Like you don't cross her. You don't. You don't. You don't F with Sarah. Okay. Uh, she was mouthy. She had a temper. She would become very angry very quickly over the smallest things. I do not know what her birthday is. Do you want to Google that while I'm reading? That's fine. Okay. So Sarah would scream and throw things. She had very serious anger issues. And, you know, because of this, this is when she kind of became that queen bee at the school. Um, so Adrian met Sarah not long after she started attending at Blackhawk attending school and during smoke break in november 2004 sarah saw adrian and told one of her friends hey she's kind of hot and that's what started it all that's what started all of it so sarah and adrian quickly became friends sarah thought of adrian as kind of like her little project because here they are they're in illinois which is kind of a little more up north than we are they're not quite considered to be like yankees but they're you know they're like midwest kind of thing so, Adrian's coming from Texas. She's got that southern drawl, you know, so she's got that sweet little accent that everybody right. likes. So, she's different. She stands out. And so, Sarah's like, I want to be the one that is like her, like she depends on me. You right. Know, like, I am her eyes and ears and all this other stuff of like who she depends on to get through school because nobody knows her. And she's like, she's going to be my little thing. She's a my toy. Exactly, exactly. Um, I looked it up, and I can't find anything about her birthday. Okay. Well, maybe we don't know. I don't know. I didn't I didn't think to look it up. Right. But, um, so, let's see. Uh, Adrian was very excited to become kind of popular and be hanging out with Sarah, because Sarah was one of the most popular girls in the school. Right, and Adrian's kind of a misfit. She's probably not used to that. Exactly, exactly. So, they would talk on the phone all the time, constantly, which I mean, this was the period of time where like people had cell phones, but they would still use the home phone a right. lot too. Um, so they would talk people on the phone all the time. People still had home phones. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Sarah started driving Adrian to and from school. Uh, Adrian's parents weren't particularly that fond of this relationship. Like they wanted Adrian to have friends, but they're like, this girl is like the queen bee at a school full of outcasted kids. And, you know, they you're not supposed to judge people based off their appearance. And they happened to judge Sarah based off her appearance, which ended up being kind of correct in the end. Right. But, you know, she wore all black. She wore chains. She had black hair. She had eyebrow piercing, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. So they're just kind of like, yeah. You know, and Adrian's more of like a, like a t-shirt and jeans, hair and a ponytail kind of person. Right. Like, she's just not like that. Like, they, they're just, their vibe wasn't the same. But um, once she started hanging out with Sarah, Adrian started becoming instantly popular, and it wasn't long before everyone at the school knew who Adrian was. And uh, like I said earlier, her southern drawl, that accent, everybody wanted to talk to her. Everybody wanted to know all about Adrian. Right. So as more people started to get to know her, she started feeling more confident and less shy, and 
so this kind of led her into experimenting with boys a little bit. Right. You know, because she's 16, so she's about that age when you start kind of dating and things like that. So she started flirting with some of the guys at school. And um, she also started flirting with Sarah a little bit. Okay, we're exploring our sexuality. Exactly. So Sarah was openly bisexual, and it appeared that at the least, Adrian was bi curious. Like right. maybe she didn't know that she was bisexual, or she, you know, she might be straight, but she might think she might be bisexual. Right. She, she doesn't really know at this point. She has to figure it out. Exactly. So the more time that Adrian spent time, or the more that Adrian spent time with Sarah, the more she started acting like her. She, you know, like, like I her said, her parents already thought that she was bad news. Exactly. So Adrian was always blue jeans and t-shirts, you know, hair up in a ponytail kind of girl. Now, all of a sudden, she's wearing black. She pierced her eyebrow behind her parents' back. Like, she literally came home one day, and she had a Band-Aid on her eyebrow, and her stepmom is like, what the hell is that? (laughs) And it's freaking, you know. Sorry, Mom. Exactly. So, she started listening to the same kind of music as Sarah and everything. So, she went from listening to, like, whatever kind of country music was on the radio to listening to ICP. (laughs) That is okay. two totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Not Nothing against anybody that has that wide of a music range, right. but it was just a very sudden switch for her. Right. That was kind of out of character. It's like and she switched it up entirely. Exactly. So now this is when our third main character comes into play. So Sarah ended up introducing Adrian to a boy named Corey Gregory. And he was kind of like an old flame of Sarah's. They they dated like very, very briefly, maybe only like a week or two. And it wasn't serious. No, it wasn't that serious. And it was more like Corey wanted to be with Sarah, but Sarah didn't want to be tied down. But she liked the idea of having someone be her thing. You know, like... Kind of like what she like, wants exactly, for like, Adrian. Exactly. Like, you have to be mine, but I am not yours. It's a I am my thing. own. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And so, he was, like, literally in love with Sarah. And she had him wrapped around her finger. He wanted her, and she knew how to use that to her advantage. That's she, so weird. Exactly. Like, just thinking about this, the way that she looks, the way that she appears, mm-hmm. and she just has these people in love with her. That's so weird to Exactly. Me. So, she could tell him to do anything, and he would do it. She basically gave him just enough attention so that he would stick around and do what she wanted without actually having to be devoted to him in any way. Right. But she didn't want him around any other girls, and, you know, it just, it wasn't a, a healthy relationship no. in any way. It was a very, very toxic relationship. So, since Corey and Sarah were so close, and Adrian and Sarah were becoming kind of a thing, all three of them were hanging out together all the time, pretty much, is what ended up happening. Three's a crowd. Exactly. So, by this point, Sarah had fallen pretty hard for Adrian. She had some pretty serious feelings for Adrian. Oh. And Adrian did like Sarah, but this is like... When a lot of the boys started being like, oh, she's kind of cute. Like, Ooh, look at Adrian. Exactly. And so she's like, hmm. So she started kind of focusing more on those other boys rather than this little thing that she's got going on with Sarah. Damn, Sarah doesn't like it being handed back to her. <laughs> exactly. So this started making Sarah think that Adrian didn't need her anymore and that Adrian was taking her spot as the queen bee at school. And she, I mean, she did not like this at all. So, one night, Sarah asked Adrian to come with her and Corey to a place called the Party House. 
it was also known as the Rock Island House, which is, I guess, the like the neighborhood that it was in. And it's just a it's a party house in Rock Island, basically. That's so original. They did everything at the party house. You name it, they had it. Drugs, sex, booze, day in, day out. Weed was the most popular drug of choice, which is pretty typical among teenagers. Right. But they had cocaine, acid, ecstasy, all kinds of stuff. And Sarah and Cody, they both liked to get high and just basically be sex of shit on the couch all day. And <laughs> <laughs> the, like the majority of them, uh, like the, the majority of the party goers, they were also juggalos, like fans of ICP like Sarah and Cody. So that was the, the type of kids that right. were hanging out at these parties. And uh, so by inviting Adrian to the party house, Sarah was actually testing her. Okay. It, it wasn't just a thing that I want you to come to the party with me. It was, I want to invite you to this party to see how you act. Yeah, what are you going to do? Exactly. So Sarah wanted to be with Adrian, so she was going to test her to see if she felt the same way and if she was actually going to be loyal to her. So this was her perfect kind of thing to test this theory out that okay. she was starting to kind of stray away healthy. from her. Yeah. Fabulous. So the night started off pretty normal. All the kids were dancing, listening to music. I don't remember this part at all. You don't remember no. this? Okay. This is when shit starts getting I know, I'm scared. A little so, uh, Sarah noticed that Adrian was talking to a boy at the party. This made her furious. So, Adrian ended up sleeping with this boy, which is, I mean, you're that's not fine. You're, you're, not like... she, you're not dating. You're not, I mean, she's, she's, you know, that's her own decision. Right. It's her own body. She doesn't belong to anybody. So, she slept with this boy at the party. And this sent Sarah into a full-blown rage fit. In Sarah's eyes, Adrian had failed the test. Cheated on her. Yeah, she basically looked at it as that, you know, you cheated on me, yada, yada, yada. Sarah literally pulled a knife on Adrian at this party. And a lot of people at the party looked at this like, what the hell are you doing, Sarah? But Sarah was known to throw around, like some people were like, what the? What are you doing? Right. But then other people were like, oh, it's just Sarah. This is just how she is. Because she apparently, did this two weeks ago. apparently she would throw around empty threats like confetti, basically. Right. And, um, you know. So nobody thought anything about exactly. it. Exactly. Like, she was a big one to be like, if you do that again, I'm going to beat the shit out of you or, you know, whatever. So right. it's like a lot of, some of the people were very concerned, but then a lot of the other people were like, eh, it's just Sarah. She's kind of a hothead. Right. It's just empty. You know, she's her, mad. her bark is it. bigger than her bike basically. Right. And uh, so Sarah looked at this as a full betrayal. She was very jealous of Adrian and she looked at it like Adrian, you know, like she had made Adrian who she was is how how Sarah viewed this. Wow. I made you is how she looked at it. I'm just getting like flashbacks to Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the same right. thing. Like a, like a, a Katie and Regina George situation. Right. That's almost exactly like what it is. So, um, it was a, I mean, such a toxic friendship, relationship, weird love thing. I don't know. Whatever it, it was. Yeah, it was just, it was not healthy is what it was. And so, um, Sarah needed Adrian to need her. And Adrian and, obviously yes. did not anymore. And she hated that Adrian was hooking up with other guys and instead of focusing on their relationship together, everyone around Sarah said that this affected her a lot like it was like very visibly affecting her mm -hmm. so there ended up being another party at the party house the next night 
and Adrian decided to go back to the party house, but without Sarah this time. She just knew that the party was going to be there, so she just showed up. Oh my, I bet that pissed Sarah off. So, the, <laughs> there was another boy that Adrian wanted to hang out with that was at this party. So, she ended up sleeping with this other boy at this party, too. Okay. And Sarah was also at the party house that night, and she snapped again. Sarah started screaming, name-calling. She called her a whore and a skank and all kinds of other nasty things. We do not slut-shame. Exactly. So, Sarah totally humiliated her. I mean, absolutely annihilated her at this party. And Adrian ended up running out of the house crying. Rightfully so. Yeah. So, Corey Gregory follows her out of the house. Wait, Sarah's love dog? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, he follows Adrian out of the house. And he just wants to sit with her to comfort her. So it's like, okay, maybe maybe you're not a piece of shit after all for right now. So Adrian started, after this, like him comforting her and being there for her after all this just happened, she kind of started looking at him, looking at Corey as more than just Sarah's friend and more of like a, you and I could be good friends. Or right. you and I could even be more than friends kind of thing. Okay. That's how Adrian started looking looking at it. So, they started kind of passing flirty notes back and forth behind Sarah's back, of course. She had no idea. Of course. There was a note in Adrian's journal, like a little scribble, because, you know, everybody wrote in their little journals and stuff. And it said, Pinky and Corey, on the top page. And her nickname, some of the people called her Pinky. That was her nickname. And um, it also said, I love Corey Gregory because he is respectful, cute, nice, honest and the sweetest guy I've ever met and I think I am beginning to trust him that quote hurts me to read now knowing what happens later absolutely the 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 amount of feelings that she had towards this boy hurts my heart so deeply she's just a typical little 16 year old girl that is head over heels with some boy and she has no idea what's about to happen. No idea. That makes me so sad. So, not long after this, Sarah found out that Adrian and Corey, Corey had um, they'd gone to the movies together behind her back. Okay. And that infuriated her even more. See, of Sarah course. actually worked at the movie theater, but on the days that she wasn't there, you know, she had friends that worked there too. So they told her about this whole little situation. Okay. So in her mind, she had to keep Corey under her control. Because she's like, I've already lost Adrian. You know, she's pulling away, but she's like, I cannot lose Corey. I have to be able to maintain control over him. And she was feeling threatened by Adrian because she's like, Adrian's left. You know, I don't have control over her anymore. Now she's going to take Corey away from me, too, right. is how Sarah is looking at this. She's feeling very threatened. So not long over after. a guy that she didn't even want. Exactly. Exactly. Like your lap dog. It's, I mean, it's literally, literally. like her lap dog. Exactly. That's, that's the perfect okay, way Sarah. to describe it. Right. So, not long after this, Sarah started ignoring Adrian completely. She told her other friends not to talk to Adrian and to avoid her. Sarah was calling her all kinds of horrible names, and so were her friends. I mean, it was like massive bullying. Like the type of bullying nowadays, if people acted like this towards one particular student, all those kids would have been suspended from school. Right. It was ridiculous. I Absolutely not miss ridiculous. High no, and especially high school in the early 2000s, no. it was awful. Absolutely awful. No, thank you. So, Adrian at this point 
basically she just wanted to win Sarah's friendship back because she was seeing how much pull Sarah still had in school. And she's, she's like, how bad it was not to be her friend. Exactly, exactly. So she's like, I'm going to have to at least like come to some kind of some kind of amends for this mm-hmm. relationship just so that my the rest of my high school experience is not absolute hell. Right. And um so Adrian would call. She started calling Sarah like 20 to 30 times a day trying to get her to talk to her and she would not answer. Uh, she wrote her all kinds of letters. She showed up to work, you know, like Sarah's job and tried to talk to her there. She would send other people to talk to her and Sarah still nothing. Ghosted her completely. But one day, that changed. Okay. Sarah, out of the blue, says, hey, do you want to go to lunch at Taco Bell? Sarah had told several people that she wanted to try to patch her relationship with Adrian. You know, patch up their friendship. Okay. So, January 25th, 2005, Sarah, Adrian, and another boy named Sean McKittrick all went to lunch together. They all piled into Sarah's red Geo Prism. Sarah was driving. Adrian was in the passenger seat. Corey and Sean were in the back seat together. Okay. So, Sean is... Hardly mentioned in any of the other documentaries or anything that I saw about this, but he is mentioned in great detail in that book. There is so, like, he is way more involved than, like, Wikipedia or any other source will tell you that book goes into great, great, great detail about how involved he was in, in the, in the actual case. So, he was in the car when they went to lunch, but he is not directly involved in the murder after that. Okay. He was not, you know... And he might not have even known about it. No, no. So, you'll you'll see in a second. I'll tell you why he ends okay. up leaving. So, Corey said that the tension in the car was already pretty high before that, like, right when they were leaving to from the school to go to Taco Bell. And um, he claims that he had no idea what was going to happen. Corey says he doesn't. Okay, boy. I kind of have a feeling that he's lying because he's a fucking idiot. Excuse my French. Um... But I, sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, mom. <laughs> but I, I really do think that he's lying. I think he didn't know what was going to happen that day. I think he was fully mentally knew what yeah, was going to like happen. Yeah, like Sarah that day. was like, "Hey, let's do this," and he was like, "Okay." Yeah, like sure. she, he may not have. I don't know. He may not have known to the full extent. It could have even been his idea. There is no telling. I, but I, I think he, I think he knew more than he says. He I did. could, I could even see like maybe Sarah being upset with him and be like, "Well, what if we did this? Exactly. Would that make you happy?" Exactly, exactly. Yep. So, here's here's how it plays out. Okay. They pull into the back of the Taco Bell. The girls almost immediately started arguing. Sarah and Corey, they're freaking, they're gigantic asshats, is what they are. Right. So, we know very little about what actually happened inside this car. Because the because people who are telling us are the people who did this. Exactly. There's only two out of three people involved that are alive and able to tell what actually happened. So we don't we don't know for sure. But this but, is what they claim happened. Exactly. So basically it like even in one interview, Corey said in a documentary, I don't want to touch upon that subject as far as the specifics of that day. What happened in the car is between Sarah Adrian and myself. Okay. Like you didn't... Like it's not their fault that there are only two people here that are still alive. Yeah, I bet Sarah would tell us. 
I mean, I'm sorry. I bet Adrian would tell us. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, if she actually could. Could, yeah. Okay. So, supposedly, this is mostly according to Corey. Sarah is like a stone wall trying to get, get information out of her later on. So, conversations started off about Adrian and Corey hanging out on Wednesday, two days prior to this day that we're on. And that kind of turned into an argument. And Sarah had hung it. Uh, she found out that Cora and Adrian had been making out in the back of a van when they hung out. So she was very angry about that. At Adrian, not at Corey for yeah, some reason. Exactly. Who was exactly. also involved. Exactly. So Sarah started screaming, name calling, and it, it ended up escalating to the point that she was hitting Adrian. And Sean told Sarah to stop. You know, and basically she turned around and said, if you got a problem with it, get out of my car. So he did. He he got out of the car and he walked away. I kind of, I don't know if I wish he would have or if he wouldn't have. Right. I mean, he might would have ended up dead too. Exactly. Or, I mean, he could have been Helpful. sucked into it or, you know, I don't know. So, regardless, he got out of the car. Other than that, he's not involved in Adrian's death in any way, but he is more involved in the case itself. Right. As far as before this, like what led up to it and what happened afterwards. So, Sarah grabbed Adrian by the back of the back of the head, turned like forcefully turned her head towards Corey and said, "You stay away from him." And Corey sat there the entire time, didn't do anything. Didn't try to break it up. Didn't tell him to cut it out. He just sat there. Didn't say a word. Spineless little lapdog. Yep. So he said that the tension had been building for so long that he thought that the best thing to do was just to let him fight it out. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So Adrian, she's not going to take Sarah's crap. She ended up, like, you know, Sarah had hit her a few times. And she said, the hell with that. She ended up hitting Sarah in the nose. Good. Like, Good punched her. her in the nose. And... This is when Corey jumps in. He decides to jump in because Adrian hits Sarah, but instead of to help Adrian, he's going to help Sarah. Of course. So he did this by supposedly holding Adrian's arms down, is what, what has been reported. Um, so that Sarah could beat the shit out of her? They ended up putting a belt around her neck. Oh my god. Other than that, we don't really know what happened inside of the car, but we do know that both Sarah and Corey attacked Adrian, and that they choked her to the point that she was either unconscious or dead. Do you know what a geoprism looks like? How big it is? No. It is a very, very small car. Picture like a Pontiac G6. Pretty much the same thing. Oh my god. Like the same kind of size. Right. I don't even think it was a four-door sedan. I think it's just a two-door with a back seat. Right. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it might have four doors, but it's not a very big car. Right. So, there had to be a lot of, like, there's been a lot of bouncing back and forth between Sarah and Corey of whether it happened in, like, if they were choking her in the front seat or the back seat or if they had her poor, pulled horizontally, like, across the passenger seat into the back seat or, you know, what. So, you know, technically she would have been in the front and the back at the same time, but... They can't get their story straight. No, and the car's not very big. But, I mean, it had to have been a pretty decent struggle. Right. So, they're actually, and I feel so bad for this man, there was actually a man in the Taco Bell parking lot that uh, stopped to get some lunch that day. 
and he said that he saw the car in the parking lot and that there was some kind of commotion going on inside. And he said initially that, you know, he thought correctly that someone was being beaten up inside this car, but the windows were so fogged up because this is January in Illinois. Like there's snow on the ground. So he couldn't see what was going on. And so he said that the car was kind of like moving back and forth rocking because there's such a commotion going on inside. And so he was parked two spaces away from it. Two spaces from this happening. Oh, my gosh. And he, you know, said he looked a little closer right before he got into his car, and he thought to himself, eh, it's probably just some teenagers, you know, in there fooling around. Right. So he got in his car, and he drove away. That's and so sad. And unfortunately, that would have been the only way to even... And she might have even been almost dead at that point. Right. There's but no telling if that would have helped. The fact that the car was still moving, she was probably still kicking around because Lord knows she fought like hell. Yeah. She did not give up easily. But that's the closest, you know, and I, I feel so bad for him knowing now that he was, you know, he could he have saved there. her that day. And so Corey said that supposedly after Sarah realized what happened and that Adrian was actually dead. Yeah. That she started crying. She broke down. Broke down crying. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, I don't think that this is a guilt thing. I think this is a, I'm going to break down crying because we need to hurry up and figure out how the hell we're going to get rid of this body. Yeah, like what's going to happen to me now? Like it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not a, oh my gosh, I just killed somebody. It's, oh my gosh, I just killed somebody and I need to hide it so that I don't get in trouble. Right. So they covered Adrian's body with a coat in the back seat and they left the Taco Bell parking lot pulled away. So Sarah drove to her house to get a change of clothes and a couple supplies. She got a tarp, some gasoline, and her stepdad was actually at home when she did this. And he said later that he did think that it was kind of strange that Sarah parked in the garage rather than just in the driveway, but he didn't really question her as to why. Because, you know, normally I guess like her mom would park in the driveway, but her mom was like at work or something. Right. But she pulled down into the garage. And it obviously the reason why is because if somebody walks by your house and sees a freaking dead body in your back seat, That's going to raise some questions. Exactly. So he didn't really question her. So she told him that she and Corey were going to go out to Alito and wish her grandmother a happy birthday. This was on her grandmother's birthday. Okay. Yeah. So, at some point before they got there, they had to stop somewhere and move Adrian's body from the back seat. Like, the back... She was either in the back seat or the floorboard, but she was in the back of the car. Right. So, they either had to move her, you know, from either of those places and put her into the trunk. So that nobody would see the body. Exactly. So, both of them refused that either one did it. They accused the other one. Corey's like, no, Sarah did it. Sarah says, nope, Corey did it. And I'm like, I think both of you bitches did it together because... Even with her being, I think Adrian only weighed like maybe 120, 135 it pounds. Matter. A dead body is heavy. Yes. I mean, if you've ever had to lift somebody that is dead weight, like a, you know, like if you're lifting a grandparent or somebody that can't move on their own, it's he- like they're very heavy if they're unable to assist you. So moving a dead body, or it doesn't matter. Like a body to a casket. Yeah. Well, Kate has experience with that. I don't, but <laughs> but it's that they're hard. Yeah, it's very heavy. Even so, if they're very small. Yeah, I think that it took Multiple both people. of them. Yeah, I think that For it sure. took both of them, and it probably took them a hot minute to be able to do it because you know, like I said, this, this is not a very big car. So they um, 
They drove out to Sarah's grandparents' farm, which was a very, very big farm. So they weren't driving just like into their backyard or something. It's right. like a very, you know, spacious, spacious. yeah, spacious farm. So um, they initially tried to bury her body, but it was January. It's January <laughs> in Illinois, so the <laughs> ground is frozen. You idiots. So they then decided, okay, we're gonna wrap Adrian's body in a tarp, pour gas on it. And burn it to a crisp. Like they thought that it was just gonna completely burn. We're just gonna burn this person. Exactly. So they pour gas all over it, attempted to burn it. They didn't realize that even like crematoriums, they stay at like sixteen hundred to eighteen hundred degrees for hours. It takes like a long time to cremate. Exactly. And even then there's still fragments left that are ground up into what are known as ashes. Like your your teeth are still there. A lot it's mostly a lot of your bone fragments. Yeah, it's basically your bones are ground up, so it's not even actual ashes, it's bone fragments that are finally ground up. After it's put into the grinder, you still get big chunks. Yeah. Like you still have chunks of bone. Exactly. So it you know, it's basically they thought they thought that it was gonna be the kind of ashes that you would get if you had an urn is what they thought that she was gonna burn to. Look, like completely reduced to ash. Okay, so at yes. one point, since they, they tried burning her body once, and you just picture the smell, number one. I don't want that. Of a burning body. Number two, so she obviously. On her grandmother's property? Yes. So she obviously. <laughs> Poor granny. Yeah. She obviously, on her birthday. <laughs> she obviously didn't burn. You right. know, it's pretty well impossible to burn a body if you're not using a crematorium. So at one point they went to a like a convenience store or a gas station and had to get more gas to pour on her. And Corey, he's he's so full of shit. He said in an interview, "I can't wait. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't wait for this." He said it seemed like the best thing to do was to cremate Adrian because they couldn't give her a proper burial. Oh, how sweet! How considerate. Fuck off. (laughs) I mean, seriously. So, once they realized that the body was not going to burn completely, they decided that they were going to have to dismember it. And that is where we're going to end today's episode. Okay. (laughs) So, next episode, we're going to talk about what happens yeah the dismemberment you know what happens afterwards the trial everything up until current day so that is all for this episode see you next time we'll see you next time actually for us it's only it's going to be like five minutes from now but for you it'll probably be at least a couple days yeah at least a couple days but um Thank you guys and for being patient with us. I know we've been very inconsistent. But yeah, if you're actually listening to this, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate you very much. I know we've been inconsistent, but we're going to try to do better. And I really appreciate everybody. We don't even have, like, we have tons and tons of listeners that have started listening in other countries. That's super cool. Yeah, so I want to thank you guys that are out of the United States, too. You know, it's, it's nice to see how many people out there are actually listening to the show. So and even with us being as inconsistent right. as we are, we're still having people listen every week. So I'm like, thank you very much, you know. But um, Maybe we're gonna try we'll to better this year. Yeah, we're gonna try to give you guys some more material to listen to. But for now, I think that is all we've got. So see you next week. Peace out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>